a nation that continues year after year to spend more money on military defense than on programs of social uplift is approaching spiritual death. Out there, the precariat is growing. Do you consider yourself militant? I consider myself Malcolm. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. What's up, people? Welcome back to a special 4th of July edition of the Precariat Podcast. I've been gone for a while, but um, I'm not going to lie. It gets kind of uh, depressing. <laughs> Some of the stuff that's going on in politics, it gets kind of depressing. And sometimes I actually find it hard to find motivation to even, you know, talk about it in podcasts because it's like I don't even want to relive all the BS that's going on. But um, I have to. So, you know. I'm back, and I wanted to do a episode today only because um, it's Fourth of July, which obviously is a Independence Day for the United States, uh, the day that we basically commemorate um, our air quote founding fathers uh, for um, drafting the Declaration of Independence and declaring their independence from Great Britain. Um, and so, you know, there's lots of fireworks and food and and fun and. Um, and that's great, right? I'm, I'm not against fun. I like fun. I'm going to barbecue today. Matter of fact, I'm off, right? So might as well. But I think it's important, though, to acknowledge the, uh, the truth of the holiday, right? I think it's important. Like, I always tell my wife that it's important to know yourself, right? That is, that you can, I don't encourage lying to other people, but you can lie to other people and at least you still know the truth, right? So the truth is still out there as the X-Files would say. But uh, if you lie to yourself, well, then you get into a real squirrely situation, right? Because then no one knows the truth. The outside people don't know the truth. You don't know the truth. And it becomes so fuzzy and illegible or um, that, that you know, anyone can insert something and have people accept it as the truth, right? Which is largely the case here in the U.S., so we always talk about, um, for instance, the U.S. going around the country or the country, the world, talking about uh, tyrants and things along those lines. And, you know, always talking about how they're fighting for freedom around the world, when really what they do is prop up these tyrants as long as they're useful to the interest of the United States. And as soon as they're no longer useful, they then turn on them and um, and and boot them out of office and try to get some other despot in there who will do their bidding, right? So that's what happened with Saddam Hussein, Gaddafi is now happening with Assad. I'm not saying that any of these guys are, um, you know, Gandhi, but at the same time, the United States propped them up at one point and then promptly turned on them um, at another point. And so it's not to say these guys are great guys, but to say that the United States is not really concerned with human rights or, or the rights of regular people around the world. They're concerned with uh, securing resources um, that are in the interest of the United States. And by the United States, I mean mostly corporate interest in the United States. So um, it's just, 
the hypocrisy of the country, right? And so on 4th of July, I wanted to highlight a speech made by Frederick Douglass. Um, Frederick Douglass, for anyone who doesn't know, I seriously encourage you to you know look him up, research him, read about his life. Um, he has a, a biography out there as well. Um, he was an escaped slave uh, who went on to become one of America's greatest abolitionists, um, writers, orators, uh, and he really was an example to, especially um, whites in the North, um, some of which were a part of the abolitionist movement, that uh, he, he busted the myth that black people weren't smart enough, that, that their only use in the world was uh, as a servant or a slave, right? That was something that the president of the Confederacy, Jefferson Davis, once said, that that, that was the only you know, proper use for for Africans was uh, enslavement because they weren't smart enough or uh, intelligent enough to do anything else, right? And Douglas, who was a brilliant orator uh, and brilliant writer, um, published uh, his own newspaper called the North North Star, which is which was uh, uh, mainly focused on abolitionist uh, efforts in the country at the time. He completely shattered that that notion. You know, that people saw him and they said, "Wow, this." This guy was a slave, you know, and he's this articulate. And uh, so he was invited in 1852 to Rochester, New York, to give a speech on the 4th of July. It was actually on the 5th of July, the day after, but it was it was a, a celebration of Independence Day. And so uh, he goes there and he gives what, it, you know, becomes one of his most famous uh, speeches, which, uh, which was titled, um, what was it? Um, the meaning of Fourth of July for the Negro, right? And uh, it, it, it all, you also find it under different titles like um, what to the slave is Fourth of July or what does Fourth of July mean to a black man? But the original title was the meaning of Fourth of July for the Negro. And it's really a, a brilliant speech um, and it's a blistering critique on the hypocrisy of our democracy, which Malcolm X would later go on to say. Um, but it's a brilliant critique of the United States and the sort of, uh, you know, the delusion that this country has had for a very long time about who it is, right? There's no country in the world that's committed more human rights crimes um, than the United States, both to the people within its borders and also the people around the world. But that's not the story we, we tell ourselves um, as I once heard someone say, like, uh, history is written by the victors, right? So whoever is in power at the end of the day writes the history that they want uh, to be told, right? So, you know, you have to think about the fact that, you know, the Declaration of Independence written in 1776, at the same time that these guys were talking about, um, you know, you, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, the same at the same time that they are writing these words, uh, there's also millions of people enslaved in the United States. Okay, so you know it's just hypocrisy of the highest order. And then these same men would go on to write black people into the Constitution as three fifths of a person, of a human being. So. 
This is the type of uh, mentality that Douglas is calling out. And I'm going to play, obviously, the speech was in 1852. We don't have a recording of it. But we do have, uh, there's several prominent people who really every year recite the speech. Uh, I know James Earl Jones has done it, I think. uh, But the one I'm going to play today for you is Danny Glover. Right, Danny Glover does a uh, rendition of of the speech um, that Frederick Douglass gave uh, on July 5th, 1852 in Rochester, New York. And I just uh, implore you to listen to the words and listen to how poignant they are to today, right? Douglass is talking about the United States going around the world and uh, talking about tyrants while at the same time being tyrannical at home. He's talking about um, celebrating these holidays that ring hollow to many people in the country because they don't uh, get any of the benefits from the accomplishments that these holidays uh, purport to celebrate. Um, And a country where the very, you know, the very ethos of the country um, is is really a farce, right? The, The farce of American exceptionalism, that we're the chosen people and that Americans are the most innovative, smartest, hardest working people in the world, that we are, as politicians often put it, the indispensable nation. Well, if we're indispensable, what does that make all the other nations? Okay, so this is what Douglas is calling out, you know, American exceptionalism um, and the lies that we tell ourselves under that ethos when really um, when really American exceptionalism is just, uh, you know, if you were telling the truth, um, it's exploitation. It's really exploitation uh, disguised as exceptionalism. So if America ever had a real ethos, it would be American exploitation, right? Exploiting people at home, exploiting people abroad, exploiting people wherever they can. And so um, I'm, you know, not the orator that... Frederick Douglass was, so I'm not going to talk much longer. Uh, everybody enjoy your holiday. I know it's hilarious to say after after that little diatribe, but, you know, enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your time with your family. Enjoy your time off. Be safe out there. Um, I really do want everybody to enjoy this time, but at the same time, I think it's important that we acknowledge the truth. You know, it, it would be disrespectful to those people who had to suffer through that to just celebrate this holiday as if it's um, as if this is really the truth. It's great that we can do it. I'm glad we can do it. Uh, but at the same time, we need to acknowledge those who, who had to suffer through um, the, the worst of the tyrannical uh, regime that, that has been the United States government. So with no further ado, um, Frederick Douglass, uh, with his, one of his more, more famous speeches, um, what is 4th of July to a Negro? Frederick Douglass, former slave, editor of the abolition newspaper, the North Star, was asked to give a speech in 1852 in Rochester on the 4th of July. (laughs) Mr. President, friends and fellow citizens, 
He who could address this audience without a quailing sensation has strong, stronger nerves than I have. I do not remember ever to have appeared as a speaker before an assembly more shrinkingly, nor with greater distrust of my ability than I do this day. A feeling has crept over me quite unfavorably to the exercise of my limited powers of speech. Fellow citizens, pardon me, allow me to ask, why am I called upon to speak here today? What have I or those I represent to do with your national independence? Are the great principles of political freedom and the natural justice embodied in the Declaration of Independence extended to us? And am I therefore called upon to bring our humble offering to the national altar and to confess the benefits and express devout gratitude for the blessings resulting from your independence to us. Would to God both for your sake and ours that an affirmative answer could be truthfully returned to these questions. Then would my task be light and my burden easy and delightful. But such is not the state of the case. I see it with a sad sense of disparity between us. I am not included within the pale of this glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought light and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. At a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing argument is needed. Oh, had I the ability and could reach the nation's ear, I would today pour out a fiery stream of biting ridicule, blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it is not light that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed, and its crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year the gross injustice and cruelty in which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham, your boasted liberty and unholy license your national greatness, 
swelling vanity. Your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless. Your denunciation of tyrants, brass-fronted impudence. Your shouts of liberty and quality, hollow mockery. Your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgivings with all your religious parade and solemnity are to him mere bomb blast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy. Mm. A thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. There's not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of the United States at this very hour. Go where you may, search where you will, roam through all the monarchies and despises of the old world. Travel through South America, search out every abuse, and when you have found the last, lay your facts by the side of the everyday practices of this nation, and you will say with me that for revolting barbarity and shameless hypocrisy, America reigns without a rival. Wow, so that was Frederick Douglass. Um, what is for the meaning of Fourth of July to the Negro? And I'm, like I said, amazing orator, amazing writer. Just that last line where he says, um, when it comes to the revolting barbarity and shameless hypocrisy, America reigns without a rival. Right after listing, after saying, go across the world, go to the old world in Europe, the monarchies in Europe, go to all the despots around the world, go to South America, and then line those facts up with the everyday experience um, of, of Negroes here in the, as he would have called them at the time, um, in the United States. And, you know, at, at that point, if you objectively lined up those facts, you would see that, um, that the barbarism um, in America uh, had no rival. So um, Hopefully that inspires somebody to look up Douglas, look up his work. He's got, I mean, there's way more where that comes from. And just think about, think about the, we are today scared to say stuff, right? We're scared to say controversial things because we think we might lose our job or people might look at us a certain way. And that's just like on social media and stuff where people can't even actually touch us. Imagine a, a black man in 1852 leveling this kind of blistering critique of America on a consistent basis. This was not just a one-off speech, right? He did this all the time and wrote about it all the time in books and in his newspaper, The North Star. So uh, just a remarkable human being. Um, he could have, after escaping slavery, just, you know, tried to, you know, make his own way and, and, and relax and, you know, live a, try to live a decent life. But instead he dedicated the rest of his life to freeing the rest of the slaves. So a remarkable human, be human being. I encourage you all to look him up. Um, and I encourage you to also think about uh, what Independence Day truly means and what uh, America truly stands for. And I'm not saying it's exactly the same today, but it's pretty much the same today. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed that. 
Uh, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please leave reviews. Like, I can't tell you, like, that is the most important thing if you want to keep this podcast going is to leave reviews um, and share it with your friends, um, you know, wherever you can, whether it's on social media or just word of mouth. But more importantly, leave reviews, encourage others to leave reviews. Uh, that's how you move up the iTunes charts. So thanks, everybody. Uh, enjoy your holiday weekend. And uh, oh, also, I have another podcast that's going to come out probably in the next couple of days. And it's uh, it's going to be I've been working on it for a while. It's going to be on climate change. And it's really going to um, I think it's going to be really good. And it's going to open a lot of people's minds to things that maybe they haven't thought about uh, very much. So keep your eyes out open for that. But other than that, share the podcast, review it, whatever. But uh, enjoy your 4th of July and uh, be safe.